When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, guys, we are back. We're going to be talking about day two of free agency, day three of free agency. If you haven't heard our podcast from a couple of days ago, we reviewed everything from day one, uh, from Monday. Uh, Zach, like... It, it was a little bit of a slow start, admittedly, right? Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but how are we feeling now, uh, kind of four days in? Actually, no, we're, th- we're kind of three and a half days in at this point. Yeah, no, much better. I mean, it was a slow start. Like I said, we can concede that now. I mean, it was a lot of offensive linemen, you know, trench signings in, in the first day, and then a couple defensive guys. But now things are kind of coming along. We've seen some more skilled players move around, uh, notably Jacoby Myers and a couple trades that went down moving other players and we know that your guy Aaron Rodgers you know he's supposed to be going to New York that that's that's pretty big that was big man um so you know obviously you know the entire sports world you know dropped whatever they whatever they were they were doing at 1 p.m. eastern time yesterday to tune into the Pat McAfee show the right. dude had 500,000 concurrent uh, viewers at one point for that which is absolutely unbelievable like what Pat McAfee built is right. amazing. Just a little side note there, right? That's goals right there. That's that, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So cool. Like, his platform is amazing. Um, and, you know, someone like Aaron Rodgers, like, he's getting cool with someone like that who's willing to drop, drop bombs, um, you know, on that show. You know, it's funny because as soon as he joins, he's, like, you know, kind of saying that this is not going to be an announcement. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, man, like, what is he going to talk about? But he did kind of drop a bomb, right? And that bomb... Yeah was that he fully intends to play with the Jets. He said that he went into the bunker. <laughs> he went into the, <laughs> the darkness. Uh, you know, n- kind of 80, he said 80%. Did he say 80%? 90%. He, 90%, he said 90%, 90% yeah. leaning towards him retiring. And then he came out. He saw that the Packers were, you know, there was no communication. The Packers were kind of wanted to move on. It wasn't properly communicated to Rodgers. And I kind of feel like that's what made his decision to come back and play for a different team. And he said he fully intends to play with the Jets this year, which yeah. is music to my ears. And it makes, you know, the signing of Alan Lazard, you know, was something that me and you both talked about, not the best signing in the world. Um, right. in, our bo- in both of our opinions, like kind of, you know, overpriced, not the, the best receiver. I think he'll be fine now because if Aaron Rodgers is going to be our quarterback this year, like I'm cool with it, dude. Bring back, you know, Jermichael Finley, you know, bring bring back <laughs> Donald Driver. Like Greg I Jennings. don't care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Greg Jennings, like bring them all back. It's all good. Um, but I'm happy about it, dude. I'm happy about it. You know, finally, you know, we get a little bit of closure. Like you said, nothing's official at this point, uh, but it's looking like Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. Yeah. 
And I knew that you'd be happy about this news. And like you said, it's not it's not official, but it feels official at this point. And this is exactly what Aaron Rodgers wanted all of us to do. Because once again, he's the lead. He not only a talking point, he's the lead talking point on this podcast. I'm sure he's the lead talking point on plenty of other podcasts too. You know what I'm saying? So this is like music to his ears. I'm sure he's very glad to have that happen. But um, yeah, Alan Lazard, definitely a little overpaid. But if that's what it takes to get Aaron Rodgers to come to the team in a vacuum, it's a bad sign. But when you figure the context into it, okay, Aaron Rodgers is going to come to the team. Yeah, it's a fine signing. You'll live with it. He'll be a nice wide receiver two or three. I mean, depending on how Elijah Moore turns out, you know, um, he might even be part of the deal. He might not be around by the time they actually hit the field. But Aaron Rodgers with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and all those weapons that they have now, Alan Lazard even. Alan Lazard isn't bad. It's just he might not be worth what he got paid, but Alan Lazard got a little bit of a helping hand from his boy Aaron Rodgers, definitely, I think, in terms of getting that getting that bag. So I'm not worried about anything fantasy-related now. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, I think it's going to be a huge upgrade from what we saw last season. And if you look at Garrett Wilson's last season, like wasn't even that bad, and that was with a turnstile at quarterback. And Zach Wilson played for some of those games, too. It, was, it wasn't fantastic. So I have big expectations for the Jets players and Garrett Wilson and everybody, even Aaron Rodgers. You know, he should have a much better season than he did last season with the Packers. I would think so because, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a, a true number one last year, right? Christian Watson right. came on towards the end of the year, but he was more of a big play guy, right? And, you know, not a true number one wide receiver just yet. I think Christian Watson can turn into that. But Garrett Wilson was already – a number one wide receiver last year. Um, and now going into his second year, you got to expect him to take a major jump. Um, you know, and, and we'll get into a lot of the fantasy implications of the entire Jets offense, um, you know, once Aaron Rodgers officially signs. But, you know, it's really not that complicated. You know, number, yeah, I think Garrett Wilson can be a fantasy wide receiver, one top 12 wide receiver, you know, with yeah. Aaron Rodgers. He, he was almost that last year pretty much like in games without zach wilson so um right. so he, he's already going to get it done he's going to be the target funnel we know that aaron Rodgers, if he has a number one you know obviously in demont adams he was his target funnel 13 14 15 targets at games at times so you know i'm 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 very excited to see what gary wilson's capable of um and i'm hoping that Elijah moore can can take a step forward josina anderson seemed pretty confident that uh elijah moore is not going to be part of this deal to go over to Green Bay, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. She's a pretty reliable source, um, right. but it, it, she, you know, somebody asked her straight up on Twitter, and she quote tweeted it and said, "No, uh, he's not part of the deal." But you know, I, it looks like they're still negotiating at this point, according to Aaron Rodgers yesterday. So you never know. This she said this a couple of days ago. So uh, who know who knows where they're at now in, in on the negotiation table? So at this point, it's up to the Jets and the Packers to figure out what the compensation is going to be, and you know, we'll 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 go from there. But Alan Lazard, you know, like you said, a little bit of an overpay there. Um, you know, so what was it four years, forty-four million? I, yep. I think I think that's that's what it was for. Um, you know, and it is what it is. You know, if you know, this is a good thing though, because the Jets have been recruiting Aaron Rodgers from a lot. As soon as they hired Nathaniel Hackett, right? right? As soon as that happened, and you saw yesterday on the show, on Pat McAfee's show, he said that Nathaniel Hackett is one of the bigger, biggest reasons why he wants to join the Jets, right? So he's going to have Hackett. He's going to have his boy Lazard. Uh, you know, he was talking so good about Lazard. He's like, yeah, he's a good player, but he's just a great guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. so like that's his boy, <laughs> right? So um, so that, that's that's cool to see. Whatever. We'll take it. Um, but but yeah, man, it's, 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 it's good. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to move on to a couple other wide receivers 
who got signed uh in it's an interesting situation you know after jimmy g you know got signed by the raiders he now has a new wide receiver uh in jacoby myers um right and it's interesting because jacoby myers left on a three-year 33 million dollar deal to the raiders um decent guaranteed money and we just thought that you know like we thought he, I personally thought that that was a little bit of an underpay. I thought he would get a lot more money considering the Christian Kirk deal last year. Yeah. I thought Jacoby Myers was a very similar or potentially even better receiver than Christian Kirk. You know, he has that, you know, he has that potential to kind of like break away a little bit. Didn't mm-hmm. do it yet in his career yet. Obviously I think Christian Kirk had a better career than him, obviously, but it, it could have happened. So I was yeah. a little surprised by that deal. And then a day later, you got Juju Smith-Schuster signing with the Patriots on the same deal. Three years, $33 million. And Jacoby Myers on Twitter quote tweeted, you know, whoever it was who put out the report that Juju signed. And he said, and he was like, the, it's a cold world or something like yeah, that, right? And it's like, yep. and, and it's so interesting because, I mean, I don't know about you. I feel like Jacoby Myers is a better wide receiver than Juju Smith-Schuster. And the fact that they signed signed the same deal, it seems like Jacoby would have would have had no problem staying, according to that tweet. And right. the Patriots just replaced him with Juju. Yeah. So a couple of things come to mind seeing all of this happen. You know, first, I wouldn't say Jacoby Myers is like head and shoulders above Juju Smith Schuster. I I'd put them probably right on the same tier if I were ranking receivers right now, which I'm not. But that's where I would put them. I think that it was. A little bit of an underpay, though. I think that both of the receivers could have made a little bit more. The thing that jumped into my mind, though, when I saw him tweet that it's a cold world, it just like you got to wonder if that sour taste from that Raiders game was sitting in their mouth. You know what I'm saying? The Patriots, when they were trying to let him go, because we all know what happened with Jacoby Myers. I saw a post. It was funny that they put out. It said Jacoby Myers is the first player in NFL history to throw a game-winning touchdown pass for a team before he signed with them. <laughs> if you remember that the whole Jacoby Myers, it was, it was, it was a thank you. Yeah, it was a thank so, you. The Raiders yeah. said thank you. Here's some money, and come come join us. Yeah, Since you want to be I, part I, of our team so badly, right? I thought Jacoby Myers would get a much bigger deal. I thought it'd be more in the range of like four years, sixty million, somewhere like that. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I wouldn't have been surprised if that was the case. Yeah. So I was, like you said, I was definitely caught off guard a little bit by the price, but just the fact that they brought Juju in, I, I don't think there was any type of subtleness about that i think the patriots just wanted to move on for jacoby myers it was just a bad a bad turn of events for him jacoby myers still got paid plenty of money you know he's getting a lot of money over over in las vegas but i think he could have got more um but he's over there with jimmy g now so i think that's i think he's gonna be fine there i was worried about him going to las vegas when darren waller was there but then what was it was it a couple hours later they traded darren waller so now I feel like Jacoby Myers is going to be a little bit more of a focal point in that offense, especially working alongside Devontae Adams. Like, he's a solid guy. Um, he was doing his thing. He was pretty much a de facto wide receiver one in New England. Can't really have a wide receiver one with Mac Jones. But, you know, he was doing what he needed to do. Um, I think as a wide receiver, too, he has a chance to really flourish, um, especially in an offense that's just going to be overall better. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, he's going to take the role of Jacoby Myers pretty much, I think, in that offense as well. So, I'm not sure if they're going to draft anyone, if they're going to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. I know it said there have been reports saying that the Patriots have been calling about DeAndre Hopkins, and there was another receiver. Uh, I 
Jerry Judy. That's what it was. I don't know if they bring anybody else in, but as of right now, I think Juju's going to do better in that role than Jacoby Myers did. And Jacoby Myers was doing just fine. So I'm not worried about either of them where they ended up, but it is an interesting situation surrounding how they landed in their respective uh, teams. Yeah, I would expect me personally. I don't think you know Ju- Juju's going to have a better season than Jacoby Myers did. I just I think Jacoby Myers is just a better overall player, especially against man coverage and that sort of thing. And uh, you know Juju really really good against zone coverage, and you know that's where that's where he'll flourish. And you know maybe that's what you know the teams are playing a lot more zone than they are man. You know over the last couple of years, so you know maybe Bill Belichick is kind of you know leaning that direction but right. you can also you call, you also can't really trust bill belichick's wide receiver evaluation considering his track record over the last <laughs> five or six years uh drafting Just, and signing guys any draft with the patriots has been really odd I mean, Cole Strange just even last year, not even receivers, just overall the prospects like they, that they're bringing in. It's just been a little bit off recently. You know, even Mac Jones. I know Mac Jones is Mac Jones. You know, obviously he was one of the he top was gonna get, He was going to get drafted regardless, uh, yeah. you know, early, you know. But as things stand right now, it seems like he's one of the lower ceiling quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Um, Definitely. Zach Wilson was in that class. So you can't paint them with the worst of those signings, but still. <laughs> it's just interesting. Hey man, if Zach Wilson went to the Patriots, he would have been top ten quarterback. You know that. You think so? No, I mean, I don't. Now I, I know uh, that he I... went to the Jets when the Jets were down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, and, right. So you kind of got to give him a mulligan there, but at the same time, it just doesn't look. He doesn't look the same as he did in college. It, it, the anticipation, no, no, know, nothing's there. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. His confidence is just shot, dude. Like I yeah. don't know. You know, I hope that you know, sitting behind Ryan Rod, <laughs> I keep seeing the 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 the, the quotes of the quote, like yeah. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson said uh, last season. He said, "Well, last yeah, last season." He said, "You know, whoever if they if they bring in a veteran, you know, I'm going to give him hell in practice." And then yeah. I, I don't know who I forgot who, who I saw like who who tweeted it, but said they put that quote up and it said, "Welcome to hell, Aaron." <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, it's, it's hopefully you can teach him a thing or two. Maybe Zach Wilson, yeah. like we said, Zach Wilson might be on that Geno Smith career arc. You never know anymore. You, you know? never know. Um, but just going going back real quick. So Jacoby Myers, I think at this point, like you mentioned, J- Darren Waller got traded to the Giants a couple couple uh, hours after uh, Jacoby left uh, and and joined the Raiders. Uh, so he joined a crowded, you know receiver receiving room but now it's just basically him who i think will be the number two behind Devonte adams and then hunter mm-hmm. renfro so i'm assuming that you know jacoby myers and hunter renfro will call, kind of alternate outside inside with hunter renfro probably being the primary slot guy um because jacoby myers has some chops against man coverage so i wouldn't be surprised if he is primarily their z i would i would probably consider him the flanker um kind of playing off the line a little bit um, and then, you know, Jacoby Myers being the being the slot guy. That's kind of how I yeah. envision it. And I, and I think he'll be number two in targets, you know, pretty easily behind Devontae Adams at this point. Right. And we had talked about Jacoby Myers even last season being like way underpriced in drafts. You know, I don't think he was yeah. even being drafted. And I think that right. was just because he was on the Patriots. I think we'll see him definitely shoot up boards a little bit this season on a better offense, yeah. I think. I, I, better, I could yeah. see it. My only concern, though, is that he doesn't see the target share that he was getting with Devonta Adams there, because Devonta Adams is going to see a you know twenty seven, twenty eight percent target share. You know, Jacoby was getting you know twenty four, twenty five percent, and he's right. that kind of guy. And I would have assumed that he would continue to get that type of target share if he was like close to the number one wide receiver on whatever team he went to. But him going as number two, I, I still think it's solid. Um, 
I think if there was a better quarterback behind center, I think yeah. that he I would definitely be more excited about it because you know anytime you have a number two playing behind Devonta Adams with a better quarterback, you know that 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 wide receiver is going to see a lot of matchup advantages. And I think that's still going to be the case. He's going to have his games. Uh, mm. I just don't know how much upside you know he's really going to have. That's that's my only my only concern there. If only they um, had and, a guy and, like Derek Carr. <laughs> oh man and say, you know same thing with juju as well you know like you know i'm not i'm not really excited about him if he couldn't get it done for the most part in um in kansas city i don't think he's gonna get it done uh here uh right. in new england okay so we got darren waller going to the giants here uh the giants released finally released kenny galladay right just yeah. someone who is just taking up space on their roster about time um it, it was almost like he wasn't on the team to begin with, he was, um, but now you got Darren Waller there. Like they, they still have Richie James, they still have Darius Slayton, they still have Sterling Shepard. You know, they still have um, Isaiah, Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgins. Yeah, big but names, big names. It seems to me like at this point, if Darren Waller stays healthy, I think that's the big question mark. Mm-hmm. If he stays healthy, at this point, he's probably their target leader. Now, I would assume that they try to add some wide receiver help in the draft. Um, that's where I would be focusing on. If you're going to pay Daniel Jones that much money, like I would be aiming for t- one of these top wide receivers if I'm the Giants, yeah. um, you know, in the draft. So I would assume that's going to happen. But as of now, Darren Wall is probably the target leader. Would you agree? Yeah, I- I'm 100% with you. And I could have a whole conversation about the Daniel Jones contract. It's just crazy. <laughs> I-, I think they paid him a lot of money for what they given him, but that I digress. We're not going to go on to that. Darren Waller, I agree. He's going to be the number one target in this offense. I mean, regardless of whether he's playing tight end, lining up at the slot, even, you know, we'll see how they use him. But not only is he the most experienced, maybe the most athletic of this group, he's the biggest guy on the field, pretty much, that's going to be running down the seam. I think Daniel Jones is going to settle in with him pretty nicely, at least in the passing game. I, I think Darren Waller is going to be just fine. I think his prospects are much better because his usage, even when he was healthy down in Las Vegas with Devontae Adams there, wasn't fantastic. So I think Yuri has a much better shot of getting that target share, which we look for for receiving guys just in general, not just tight ends, but receivers overall. So I, I, I like this move for the Giants. I thought it was really good. They got him for a third round pick. Like that's cheap for a guy. He's still pretty young. You know, he's definitely not out of his prime. Uh, he's just had a little trouble with injuries and they're banking on. Um, him staying healthy, I think that was a risk worth taking. Rolling the dice here definitely made their offense better if he can stay on the field. Yeah, I, I trust Brian Dable to put him in in some good spots. Um, you know, for him to to be successful there, as long as he can stay healthy, I think he can he can be you know potentially back in the top five of tight ends as long as he can stay healthy. He has that ability, um, and I think he he should be fine there. Cowboys, your Cowboys, your, your boy Zeke. Yeah, he got released. It's a it's it's the end of an era. The Cowboys yeah. picked Zeke uh, in the top five or top ten of that of he, whenever he was drafted. He was fourth overall. Fourth overall. So, right. uh, you know, one of the you know one of the most popular Cowboys. I think you know. Listen, like Cowboys are a historic franchise, but I think yeah. Zeke has been you know is up there in one of the most popular uh, Cowboys you know of all time. So. As, yeah. as, uh, you know, good for him. H- had a great career. You know, the wheels were falling off. You know, we kind of we've seen that coming for a couple of years now. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, this is it, Zach. How you feeling? I would love how we're talking about like his career is over. We'll see if he signs anywhere. I'm not <laughs> sure. He will. 
I'm not. Yeah, he'll sign. I'm not sure who's in the market for a running back with exactly his his skill set, which is just pretty much at the goal line. Um, I think yeah. his numbers were a bit inflated, definitely down the stretch. He had 12 touchdowns last year, which you wouldn't think that's how many touchdowns he scored if you just looked at him um, on the film. But we yeah. know how he got his touchdowns. They just pretty much delivered him to the goal line and gave it to him as token of appreciation, you know, for being a Cowboy for so long. His career stats with Dallas, he had over 10,000 yards and 80 touchdowns. So that's Insane. very good. That's really good by any standard, definitely. But like you said, the wheels are falling off. It hurt a little bit as a Cowboys fan. I was thinking about it when I first started truly following the Cowboys. He was the first running back that I really was like, yeah, we have a good running back. Obviously, DeMarco Murray was there before, but I was way too young still then, so I didn't really care about it. But first running back, he was there for seven years. can't believe it was seven years ago, but this was the right move to make. It's Tony Pollard's season. I said, I put it up on the Cowboys page that I'm running now. I put up that Tony Pollard should inherit the dark visor and put it in his helmet. To honor Zeke's legacy, that would be <laughs> sick. And then if he had like a big season, that would be awesome. So, yeah, Tony Pollard obviously upgrade him. We'll see what the Cowboys do in the draft. Obviously, B. John Robinson might be an option for them, depending on where he lands in the draft. He might not even be there at 26, but we're pretty sure that Dallas is going to add a running back. If it's not B. John Robinson, somewhere down the line in the draft, and he'll probably get some snaps and a good look this next season. So, Zeke's gone. Tony Pollard's going to be the uh, what's called RB1. It was a good run for Zeke, but it was a move that needed to happen. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, we'll see who they end up adding in the draft. If they do add Bijan, um, Tony Pollard's stock like plummets. Yeah, you know, in my opinion, like for this year, because Bijan's just that dude. Uh, but you know, any other running back that they add, if it's some sort of like early, early down pounder, like I'm okay with it. You know, Pollard, I, I, I won't be drafting Pollard as like a second round pick anymore. Uh, you know, at this point, like if they don't really add anyone significant. You know, Pollard is probably going to go in the second round of, yeah. of fantasy drafts um, because of how he did last year and and how you know well he could potentially do this year. And then on top of that, like he didn't he didn't have that goal line role last yeah. year. Um, and and will that happen? Kellen Moore is gone, um, and it's possible that you know he kind of gets all the work. Now, I, I do expect there to be some sort of committee. I don't think he's going to get like three hundred fifty touches, no. you know, or anything like that. Uh, I expect this touch range to kind of max out potentially at like two fifty something like that um and you know he him have like a a little bit of a um of a a committee i I think that's a little bit light i wouldn't be surprised if he gets to range more of 300 not i think 250 is a little bit light i think they'll definitely use him a little bit more than that but we'll have to see but i'm gonna put you on the spot here and ask you to call your shot where would you draw the line in terms of the running back prospects this year that you would be worried about tony pollard if dallas drafted him so obviously we're worried if they take b john robinson are you worried if they take Jameer Gibbs? I don't think they take Jameer Gibbs. I just, I think, I, I don't think he fits what they want to do. Like, you know, Jameer Gibbs is not somebody that you would roll out there on every down, you know? Right. And like, I feel like if you're going to draft, if if Jerry Jones is going to draft the running back early, it's somebody who is going to be able to be able to pound the rock on early downs. So mm-hmm. I think Jameer Gibbs is like probably off their draft board. That, and I guess they'll only draft him if he, if he becomes a value. Right. I think Bijan is definitely in the cards. I think Zach Charbonnet is definitely in the cards. Um, you know, guys like that, guys who could handle that early down, you know. So if day one, day two go by and the John and the and the Cowboys don't draft the running back, like I'm good. Like I'm right. I'm I'm I'll be in on Tony. That's kind of how I feel about it. All right. That that's fair. Yeah. That's a good analysis. I, I think that's probably right. I'm I'm not sure. 
who they would be looking to add. I've seen Deuce Vaughn, but I don't know if he's going to be taking snaps from Tony Pollard. We'll have to see. It's possible. You know, I, I like Deuce Vaughn. Listen, he's just a little, it's, a little undersized. It's <laughs> one of those things where, um, you know, if they, it, they're going to have somebody compliment him on early downs. I really think type of situation. Um, but I would love Tony Pollard to get those goal line carries. Like, that's, that's really what it comes down to for me. You know? Right. All right. So let's move on to a couple of these other running backs who signed uh, Miles Sanders. Let's start with him. He signed in Carolina. Big contract. Yeah. Five year deal. Uh, which is not something you see often uh, with running backs um, to Carolina. Now, Carolina has a good offensive line. Uh, their offense isn't quite there just yet. But, you know, we saw last year, you know, some of these running backs, Deontay Foreman had his games. Chuba Harvard has had his games. So there could be some potential value here, uh, you know, with behind that offensive line. Now, Miles Sanders, you know, was behind an amazing offensive line last year. He was right. in a great offense last year. But, you know, he still kind of peaked out, you know, at that RB2 level, right? Mm -hmm. um, he hasn't had a good pass-catching season since his rookie year. Um, and in college, he never had a good pass-catching season. Super inefficient. Yeah. And then again, super inefficient since his rookie year in the, in the, in the, in the last three years. So to me, it, I don't see Sanders being that much more involved in the passing game. And then you, you kind of look at, the, look at the, the coaching staff. You have Frank right there who literally took Jonathan Taylor off the field for Naheem Hines. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, if you, you had a running back like Jonathan Taylor coming off the field, like, I can definitely see Miles Sanders coming off the field. Now, the question is, who's going to be their pass-catching running back? Yeah. I don't know if that running back is on the team right now. So, I wouldn't be surprised if in the draft, you know, they try to grab somebody, you know, like uh, – like, uh, Kenny McIntosh or Jameer Gibbs, you know, someone like that. Um, Jameer yeah. Gibbs might be a little early since they put a lot of money into the running back position uh, into Miles Sanders, but maybe a little bit later, like a McIntosh type of dude, maybe round three, you know, can grab someone like him and play that Naheem Hines role. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. You know, I think Miles Sanders, you know, still most likely, you know, uh, going to max out at RB and at RB2. Just curious to hear your thoughts on, on this signing here. I think maxing out at RB2, like we saw what he did with the Eagles last season. You said he's maxed out at RB2. I think that's his ceiling, ceiling. You know, I'm not a huge fan of him um, for Carolina. Just as my quick reaction, you know, we'll see how things go the rest of the offseason. But as it stands right now, there's a bunch of running backs in that backfield. And we said that Jonathan Taylor is coming off the field. I don't know how much consistency he's going to have. And that's been one of his problems. You know, he's been hot and cold pretty much his entire career. You talked about his pass catching not being there. Uh, I have a couple friends that are Eagles fans. They call him Brick Hands. You know, he can't catch or anything. So I, I'm just not a huge fan of the fit. I think he's cashing in on a good season with the Eagles, you know, and good for him. He, he got his money, but I'm not sure how productive he's going to be with the Panthers, at least compared to what we just saw last season with him on the Eagles, because that was a really good season for him. He had a lot of touchdowns scored. Um, he It was actually his best season, I think, of any season he's had. So he played well when it mattered. I don't think that this is a situation where we can rely on him week to week as an RB2. That's my fast take. Things could change, but I think we're looking at more of like a high-end RB3, maybe a low-end RB2. I'm not too confident in this situation, but obviously things can change. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, um, he had 
some like I think in the ground game, you know, he's a decent runner. Um, he's yeah. he's an explosive runner, right? He could definitely get it done. He can have big plays, and he's going to have some production for sure. Um, but when you're not really involved in the pass game, that's where I'm like, all right, well, how good is your offense, right? The good thing mm-hmm. that he, the good thing here is that he's going to have a decent offensive line. Um, yeah. But if you look back at you know the last three seasons in the pass game, 49th of 49 quali- among qualifying running backs in 2022 in yards per route run. 49 of 58 in 20 this was this past year yeah 49 of 58 in tw- okay so i'm gonna say that again uh <laughs> out of qualifying running backs in 2022 49th of 49 that's where he ranked he ranked that's right? where he ranked <laughs> uh among qualifying running backs in 2022 2021 49th of 58 in 2020 42 of 49 so this is not a running back that you're going to want to involved in the receiving game it just right. you know just keep him on the field on early downs probably will be probably will be the goal line guy um i wouldn't be surprised if they add another running back to this backfield to kind of you know take care of that those later downs i think samaji p ryan you know would have been like a perfect back for that you know i think yeah. if the carolina brought him in but like a back like that who could do a little bit on early downs uh but also is a good pass protector and can catch the ball in the backfield a little bit more efficiently than sanders can yeah, so it sounds like what you just said. I'll I'll just classify him right now. I'm gonna say he's an upside standard format running back draft pick. That's yeah. a mouthful, but I think he's upside standard. But you talk about PPR, like you said, not a whole lot to offer there. So I'm not as interested in him for PPR as I would be for standard. But um, even then, in standard, I think you're shooting the moon a little bit with hoping that he could get something. He's going to be one of those guys after the RB dead zone where you're just taking shots. You know, you're hoping for that. <laughs> exactly, and exactly. He'll, it'll be warranted. He's he's talented, but it's I don't like his situation as things stand. He's definitely going to have his games, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. But well, we saw that all uh, last season with Deontay yeah. Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's rumblings that Deontay Foreman might stay. Right. I got some Which rumblings is, on that, too. That's, that's a little scary. That, but you that know would that would yeah. be good. Um, all right, so we got Jamal Williams signing with the Saints. He's leaving Detroit, and then Detroit signs uh, Detroit signs David Montgomery to replace him. Um, and for the Lions personally, I like this move. Like the downside of this is that you're removing a leader in the locker room. You're removing mm-hmm. somebody that you know a lot of guy a lot of people liked. Um, but at the end of the day, David Montgomery just brings a little bit more. He's a lot more elusive on a, yeah. on a per carry basis. He he makes guys miss uh, at a high rate. Jamal Williams is not that guy. Um, and also, David Montgomery brings a lot more in the receiving game as well, where he's a lot more capable in the receiving game. Uh, decently efficient, right? Not at the top of the league, not the bottom of the league, but solid. Jamal is not as good there. He's barely involved. Um Despite the fact that Detroit, you know, it was a team that was willing to pass the ball to the running back position when someone like DeAndre Swift was on the field, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of how it works. When you have guys who can catch the ball and they they are considered weapons, and that's when you would use them. Um, so David Montgomery, I think this is an upgrade here. Obviously, a a hit to DeAndre Swift, right? Um, yeah. I'm moving DeAndre Swift down uh, my dynasty rankings for sure. Uh, that'll be out in a couple of days. David Montgomery. You know, he's number one, he's going to be their main early down guy, right? DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift is going to be, you know, that number two change of pace type of guy, potentially on the field in, in passing, situ- obvious passing situations. Um, 
But this is not good for DeAndre Swift at all. This is he's in a he's in a worse situation now than he was last year. Um, and David Montgomery, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to get all the touchdowns that Jamal Williams got last year, but I do think that his upside uh, is a little bit higher than Jamal Williams was last year. And I'm intrigued with David yeah. Montgomery. Um, you know, the the Bears, you know, the fact that he was in the Bears the last two seasons and he was still fantasy relevant, still giving you RB two numbers. Now he's he might be a high end RB two here in Detroit. Yeah, I think that's a really good call right there. He could be a low-end RB1, depending on how the snaps shake out. But at this point, is DeAndre Swift getting blackballed? Like, is there a reason they don't want to feature him? Like, I know he's had trouble with his health, but they signed David Montgomery. It was a three-year deal, right? So they're not saying, oh, we're going to commit to DeAndre Swift, not bringing this guy in to just, you know, help shoulder the load a little bit. Like, it sounds like they're going to feature this guy. So DeAndre Swift, is he? I think he's a free agent after this season. Right. Correct. Because he wasn't a first round pick. So there's no um, fifth round option, fifth year option. So I guess DeAndre Swift, if I'm him, there's no point in requesting a trade. I think you just got to play as good as you can, given the situation. Hope you can cash in in free agency next season, which who knows what he's going to draw or what he's going to have available, what offers he's going to have available to him. But as far as his dynasty stock, yeah. I mean, you'd love to say, oh, well, you know, he'll be off the team soon. But his health has been a concern. We haven't seen him stay on the field too much. Is it, nothing is working out for DeAndre Swift. And I love DeAndre Swift. I drafted him last season. He didn't do very Let well. Let me ask but, you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Would you, right now, obviously Swift, you know, his value is at all-time low. Would you buy DeAndre Swift in Dynasty for a second-round rookie pick? A second-round rookie pick. A second round this year. Yeah. I like. Think uh, I would, let's say it's a mid-second. I would, I would cons- yeah, I would, I would consider it. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think yeah. it's a little bit of a buy low, high ceiling type of situation where mm-hmm. you're kind of like shooting for it. I think I would. I think I would take advantage of the depressed value right now and just you see what happens. You know, throw a second round pick their way. People are frustrated yeah. with DeAndre Swift. They have been. And see what happens. You know, he's still young, still explosive. He just got to get the health in order. And then once that happens, if that happens, then you got yourself a gem, right? So yeah. I think, you know, despite the fact that his dynasty value plummeted, like I said, I think he's still a, a guy that you can go out and buy uh, on the cheap. I, I think Dave Montgomery, though, like you said, I think he's going to fit in pretty well in the Lions offense. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like the majority of carry guy. Like DeAndre Swift, I think he's relegated at this point to third down role, and that's not even going to be him every third down. So he he's just kind of stuck. He's going to be the receiving guy, and that's about it. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm not... I'm not happy about DeAndre Swift. Um, I don't think he's going to be very fantasy relevant this season, but I think next season we'll be having a different conversation. So a year from now. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Now, Jamal Williams, on the other hand, goes to the Saints. Uh, he you know, joins Alvin Kamara in that backfield. We have no idea what Alvin Kamara's legal troubles are going to bring him in terms of, in terms of a suspension. There's a possibility that if that happens for a certain number of games, the entire year, who knows, that David Monk, I mean, that uh, Jamal Williams is going to be the guy. Now, yeah. I would assume that he's not going to be the guy in the passing game, right? I would assume that there's going to be, you know, another running back added to that backfield just in case Alvin Kamara does end up, you know, getting, uh, getting suspended. Uh, mm-hmm. But while Alvin Kamara is on the field, I don't know how much I really care about Jamal Williams from a fantasy perspective. Um, even when Alvin Kamara is gone, I think Jamal Williams will be 
relevant, but I don't think he'll be higher than like a low end RB2. Um, I just don't know how good this offense is going to be. I think the Lions offense is way better than this offense is going to be this year. Um, I think it's going to be a decent offense, you know, because, you know, Michael Thomas restructured his contract. He'll be back this year. Who knows if he can stay healthy? You got Chris Olave, obviously. You got Derek Carr. So there's an upgrade there at quarterback. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's going to be decent. But is it going to be the same type of offense in Detroit where, first of all, you know, this dude is going to get, uh, if, if Alvin Kamara's on the field, I would assume that he's going to get a lot of those goal line carries, number one. Number two, you got Taysom Hill still there. Taysom Hill is going to be, you know, vulturing a lot of those touchdowns yeah. too. So while Jamal Williams, you know, was a touchdown monster last year, I don't know if that's really going to happen this year, if he's going to get anything close to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to get force-fed those touchdowns like he was in Detroit, but I think he's still going to be viable. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be high-end or mid-RB2. I think he could creep in the low-end RB2 range on the year, depending on, you know, like we said, Alvin Kamara's situation. If Alvin Kamara plays, I think he's an RB3 with weekly upside. You know, it's Jamal Williams. And I think the offense is going to be a little bit better than decent. I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think that he's going to have anywhere near the type of production that he had in, in Detroit. You're absolutely right with that. Um, but I, I'm optimistic about Jamal Williams. I think it can work. I think he's going to be scoring touchdowns. I won't be surprised if he hits double-digit touchdowns again this year overall. Um, it's not going to be anywhere near what do you have. Was it 18 touchdowns last season? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he's gonna get. I'm, I'm gonna go with the with the under. Uh, if if the over under is nine and a half, I'm going with under on that one. That's funny, for Jamal Williams this year. That that would be a good line because I would probably. Yeah, take it would the be over. a good line. Yeah, I would probably over, take right. the over. Yeah, that that's just me though. Yeah. I, I'm no, optimistic I about the Saints' offense. Oh, are you? So so this is you think this offense is going to be now? Where do you think they would rank? Like if you had to rank the Saints' offense like on a points per game type of thing this year, where do you think they are? Points per game, I think it would be twelve or thirteen. Really? And yeah. Oh, okay. I, I think it's. I think it's gonna be pretty good. I mean, you talk about. I'm just looking at the weapons. You got Derek Carr, who I think is a massive upgrade over anything they had last season, um, even the season before. And then you have Michael Thomas coming back. Hopefully, if he can stay healthy and play, actually, that'll be a big you know? deal. That'll be. A, I think that'll be a huge. That would be huge. Plus Chris Olave, plus Taysom Hill, the way they've been using him, plus the two-headed monster Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara. I think that's just going to be a little bit better than decent. That's just me. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. I think okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they creep into that 12, 13 range. I don't think they're okay. top 10. I don't think they're top 10. I don't think the team overall is going to be top 10, but I could definitely see the offense, you know, scratching that uh, threshold. I love it. You got Samaji Pirine, one of my most underrated favorite signings here. Samaji yeah. Pirine to the Broncos um, because he was taking snaps away from Joe Mixon. He was the primary third down guy. Um, when Joe Mixon missed games, he was able he was able to come in and be very fantasy relevant. And now he goes to a Sean Payton led offense where running backs just fall into fantasy points. Yeah. And the fact that he his expertise is in is a is in blocking, pass blocking, and in the receiving game, like this is music to my ears because that's literally the type of back that Sean Payton loves, right? So I'm calling like Samaji P Ryan is like you know, like a like a Tim Hightower, you know, type of back. Like like yeah. these backs who, you know, they're not amazing running backs, but they're gonna get the job done through volume. And I think because of the creativity that Sean, that Sean Payton brings, they can become a little bit more efficient than they would be on a regular old offense. Uh, yeah. But on this offense, they can potentially do well. 
on top of that, you know, they're really shoring up that offensive line. They're going to run the ball. And, you know, I think they're going to hide a lot of Russell Wilson's, you know, inefficiencies. And uh, it's a situation where now Javante Williams coming back from the ACL injury, there's no need to like, you know, pound the rock with him, right? You you, you keep him as the 1A. Maybe mm-hmm. potentially P. Ryan would be the 1B. If they don't add any other running backs in the draft, I have a feeling they still might, right? Because you can get a more talented, versatile running back than Samaj P. Ryan in the draft, even, yeah. even in the third round, potentially. Uh, but if he's the guy, he's going to be fantasy relevant, regardless yeah. of whether Javante Williams is on the field or not. Yeah, and we don't even know. Is Javante Williams, do we know if he's going to be starting week one? Like He might not. Uh, it looks a- like all, all reports are are looking like he's not going to be on the field in week one. Yeah, so I think if that's the case, I think they definitely add somebody in the draft. But I think Samaje Piran's going to get the benefit of the doubt in terms of you know starting. I think they'll give him first crack, at least while Javante Williams isn't playing. And that could be a couple of weeks, so we'll have to see how it goes. I think this situation, you know, you talk about the Tim Hightower, you talk about Samaj P. Ryan. It's guys whose utility just kind of buys them fantasy points because right. they're not supreme talents, but because they're so useful, they're going to be on the field and they're just going to happen to have a play dialed up for them. They'll score, you know. That's what we kind of saw for Samaj P. Ryan in Cincinnati too. The only thing is this signing kind of, it's giving me shades of Chase Edmonds to the Dolphins last year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because this guy, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. he could pass catch. You know, he's 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 high utility, that kind of thing. He goes down into an offense where he figures he'll be, he'll be working in. You know, Raheem Mostert was old. You know, it's just giving yeah. me that kind of vibe. I hear you. That's just well, my the hope, immediate take. But the I hope think- is that the hope is that Samaji P. Ryan, you don't have to like uh, use like an eighth or ninth round pick on him because I know Chase right. Edmonds. Like by the time the draft came around, like in like late August, like he was going like the seventh round. So yeah. hopefully that's not the case for P Ryan. Like hopefully you can get him in like the 12th or 13th round opposed mm-hmm. to like having to spend, you know, a double digit, you know, round pick on him. Hopefully that's not the case, but yeah, I, hear, I hear, I hear, I hear exactly what you're saying though. Yeah. The range, like you said, 12th or 13th round, if you could get him way back in the draft, I'm cool with it. You know, take the shot because he's a guy that might get some playing time early on and win you some games to start. But if he creeps up in that range, like Chase, it just gives me shade. And I, I will preface this with I took Chase Edmonds in one of my drafts because you yeah. convinced me to. And it didn't really work <laughs> out. So I, I, I'm burnt a little bit right now. So I, I'm definitely yeah. a little bit more hesitant on this. But it does overall look like it's shaping up to be a good signing. I do like the signing. I don't think it's a bad signing. But I just want to see how he's used. And obviously, it's easy to say that because we're how many months out from the season. But if they don't add anybody, I think Samaj P. Ryan's a guy that – you could definitely rely on early in the season moving forward. We got Rashad Penny going to the Eagles. Um, I think this was one of the best signings that any team has made at the running back position because of the fact that it was the cheapest running back deal, number one. And number two, he's one of the most explosive running backs who, who, were, who was available, right? And yeah. obviously, the big elephant in the room is his injury status, right? And like the fact that he cannot stay on the field. Um, and he's proven that his entire career. But in the stretch of games where he was healthy, boy, was he a yeah. good running back. So behind that offensive line, on a great offense, if he can stay healthy, this is a you know guy that you have to take shots on in drafts because he won't be drafted that early, right? Um, I would assume the Eagles are still going to add another running back to the mix. Mm-hmm. Like Bijan can still you know, potentially be there. Um, there's a couple guys that they could potentially add and you know play over Rashad Penny. Uh, but mm-hmm. if Rashad Penny is, you know, if he's play, if he's healthy during training camp, whatever running back is going up against him in the competition, they're going to have their hands full because yeah. the dude is a good running back. 
you know, yeah. so uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting situation to watch. But, you know, somebody that you should definitely keep your, keep your eyes on because uh, he has been one of the most efficient backs when he's healthy in the NFL. Um, so just keep that in mind. Well, he's on the Eagles now, so we have to mm-hmm. pay attention. Behind that offensive line, if he's the feature back, I'll make a bold claim. And this is my bold prediction, I guess. If the Eagles don't add anybody higher profile than Rashad Penny and he can stay healthy, this is top 10 running back easily. Yeah. Maybe even top eight because you talk about his efficiency. Like he was breaking off long runs over and over and over. And it's easy to forget him in Seattle because he was injured all the time. And then Kenneth Walker came in and he was doing the same thing. You know, it's a, kind of shades of Rashad Penny, but they got him really cheap. He's going to a good offense. I'm not worried about Kenneth Gamewell, even though I was taking the over on his rushing attempt props in the Super Bowl. Won that one. But I'm just saying, Rashad Penny has a really good shot to be really good in Philly. It's a high upside sign. There's no risk, like you said. I, I think that if he stays healthy, like, boy, could you imagine Jalen Hurts and Rashad Penny coming out of that backfield? And it helps a ton, too, that Miles Sanders isn't there. Was Miles Sanders traded? I think he was traded after Rashad Penny signed, right? I'm, I'm, I'm mean, not exactly I mean, was sure. he signed? Was he so, signed after? So, afterwards? So, yeah, was he signed after or before Miles Sanders was traded? Not traded, signed. He was elsewhere. signed. He, well, he was. Well, he wasn't. Miles Sanders wasn't traded. No, no, no. Just, I said he, he was signed. Yeah. So, so yes, Rashad Penny was signed. They were both free agents at the time, but Rashad Penny ended up signing with the Eagles first before Miles Sanders signed uh, his contract. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was gonna say because like I was thinking Miles Sanders. I don't know. I was thinking Miles Sanders was still on the team when Rashad Penny. Signed. Oh, I see. So, yeah, I was like gotcha, considering gotcha. that, but without him in the picture, like Rashad Penny's the guy. So I think that we're looking at a really good value. I wouldn't be surprised if he pushed into that RB dead zone. You know, it's like not. Well, I think he definitely will be cheap. I don't think he's going to be in the the dead zone, dude. I think it's going to be cheaper than that. And the reason for that is I see no scenario where the Eagles don't draft a running back like day in by round three. I don't see it. And if they don't, that would be amazing because I don't see, I can't imagine them going into the season and thinking that Rashad Penny is going to stay healthy. They have to go with the assumption that he won't. And if he does, it's just cherry on top bonus situation type of thing. Mm-hmm. But they have to go into the season with another running back. They have do you to. Think, so I you think, think they would. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I do think that they're going to go into the season with Rashad Penny and another running back um, outside of Kenny Gainwell and, and um, Boston Scott. Boston Scott. Do you think they would draft Bijan as high as 10? No. I don't, I don't, I don't, think, I don't so. think they would. And I don't see it. Yeah. I, I don't think Bijan is going to drop to them in the second round. I think Bijan is a first no. round pick. So, yeah, yes. Who would they be adding? Like, I guess Jam- would Jameer Gibbs fit there? Because Rashad Penny doesn't have. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I mean, he, he he's a very. Um, he is a very yeah. Rashad Penny doesn't have receiving chops. That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I can see that. I can see that being being a good fit. Yeah. I think it could be because Kenny Gamewell too. You know, he's just Jamaican is just a weapon, dude. You know, yeah. like, I can see that. I don't see the Cowboys drafting him, but I do. I can see the Eagles doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be scary. But, All right. You know, it's cool. We're gonna be dealing with the Eagles that, for that, a little while. That would be nice, man. <laughs> All right. Well, a couple other smaller signings: James Robinson to the Patriots. Do you think this affects? Um, our boy, Ramondre Stevenson at all? Do you um, think he takes like a Damian Harris type of role and kind of shares the load a little bit on early downs with Ramondre? I, I, th- I think he could be 
Nah, I, I think he's the change of face back where Ramondre is the main back. So I, I'm not worried about it. I yeah. think we're going to see more of what we saw last season from Ramondre. Um, yeah. Damian Harris, is he a free agent? I, th- I think he, he is. is. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's going to be bad news for Ramondre. It's, it's not going to be – it's not getting better, but it's not getting worse. I think we're just going to have the same old situation yeah. with Ramondre. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Uh, Alexander Madison staying with the Vikings. He, he re-signed with them uh, on a $3.5 million per year deal and a two-year deal. And Dalvin Cook, there's a lot of rumors around him, you know, potentially yeah. being traded. And if that happens, you know, Madison, you know, steps into the RB1 role for now, I would assume the Vikings would want to add another young running back in the draft to take some of the load away from Madison. I don't think they want him to be the every-down guy, but I think mm-hmm. they he's talented and that he could provide some sort of role. But it depends who they draft if they do end up getting end up end up getting rid of Dalvin Cook. Um, so that's an interesting one. Obviously, you know, in the past when Dalvin Cook has missed time, now Alexander Madison has been an RB one, just like set it and forget it. Uh, yep. But with Cook off the if if Cook is traded before the draft, I don't see any situation where the Vikings don't grab a running back in the draft because they really don't have anybody behind Madison. Um, mm-hmm. So whoever they draft can either be placed ahead of Madison or right behind them. Yeah, that, that's. What I'm thinking too. I think, you know, and this here, I'm going to do another bold prediction. We're doing bold predictions all over the place today. I think <laughs> Dalvin Cook's going to get traded on draft day. You know, I, I think that Ooh. would be the type of move that would go down to yeah. move him. I, I don't think yeah. anybody's thinking about picking him up right now, but I think as we right. get closer to the draft and pieces start falling into place, a team that needs a running back could be like, oh, let's just go get him. Because maybe they could get him for a second round pick, maybe, and like a, a compensatory pick or another just quieter named player. But I could see Dalvin Cook being moved, and that would make Alexander Madison definitely relevant. If if Dalvin Cook is moved, then that would mean the Vikings are going to take somebody else. But I think Alexander Madison would be the one A over anybody besides B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs. And that would require the Vikings movement a lot of capital to get a running back that high. So I think that if Dalvin Cook is moved, which I think is a good chance maybe that he could be moved, definitely on draft day. Alexander Madison should be shaping up to be pretty solid running back. Um, maybe top 15, 16 next season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I I like Madison. His efficiency went, went down a little bit last year. And I, I like him as a talent, but I just don't know that. Like, I don't know that Bijan or Jameer Gibbs would be the only guys to give him trouble uh, as the 1A. I think there could be other backs in this class. And I'm not done, you know, scouting all these running backs just yet. So I, I don't want to give a definitive answer right now in terms of like who those top five guys are. Right. We know who the top two are. Um, but other than that, like it's it's going to be close, I think, in, in the Minnesota's backfield. But if he's the guy, if he's the 1A, I agree. He can easily be, you know, that's a top 15 running back. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's, let's go through these other signings a little quick. Dolphins re-signed their whole backfield. Remoster, <laughs> Jeff Wilson, Miles Gaskin, yeah. all back. Um, I, I, I still wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins add another running back to kind of you know, fill in, Diversify. you know, and be the one yeah. A among all these guys. I can see it because they want to be the best offense, right? They want to be the best team. So they want to be explosive. So I can see them, you know, doing something like that. Um, let's see what else we got. Baker Mayfield. He signed with the Bucks. Uh, good luck, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. My thoughts and prayers <laughs> are with you guys. Uh, this is a tough situation for those two men, um, you know, with him as their quarterback. You know, they're both very good wide receivers, but I don't know that, you know, Baker Mayfield is going to be able to keep them afloat as uh, solid fantasy contributors. No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Imagine going like, ugh, 
I'm happy I'm not a Bucks fan. Going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. Like, <laughs> the anti Tom Brady. Tom Brady was throwing like 50 or 60 times a game last season. And now you're going to Baker Mayfield, who you don't want throwing 30 times a game. No. Like, this is crazy. So there's also rumors going around that the Bucks might be interested in Zeke. Boy, that would be an offense. Give Baker Mayfield a quarterback and then Zeke get running back with the two receivers there. Mike Evans was supposedly mentioned in some trade rumors too i heard about him maybe moving um yeah that would be good for him if i'm him i'm buying into that get me out of here you know what i'm saying i hear that man i hear that so taylor heineke he's moving to the falcons um you know on a, on a decent deal uh he'll give desmond ritter some competition i don't i wouldn't be surprised if heineke is the week one starter uh, you know despite them drafting ritter relatively early um ritter didn't look amazing last year he had like one good game if heineke heineke will likely be in competition with ritter and he'll he might be able to beat him and be their number one yeah. quarterback. And if that's the case, you gotta love that for Kyle Pitts. You gotta love that for Drake London, because I have way more confidence that Heineken can get the ball to those guys than I do in Desmond Ritter. So that is kind of what I'm rooting for. Yeah. Now I'm definitely down with the idea of Taylor Heineke starting down there. He was actually making Washington receivers relevant. Now, if my memory serves me correctly. Terry McLaurin was relevant with Taylor Heineke and everybody else was relevant when it was Carson Wentz a quarterback, right? So right. Jahan Dawson right. was, yeah. So that's kind of how the splits went. So if Taylor Heineke goes down there, that bodes well for the wide receiver one, which means, yeah, uh, not Garrett Wilson, Drake London. Sorry, I, I was getting confused about yeah. wide receiver. But yeah, Drake London, that's good news for him. Um, I'm not tuning in too much to Kyle Pitts until I see him actually do something and get used the way that he should. So I'm not really right. projecting him right now. I think he's going to be Pretty much the same regardless of which quarterback is starting. But I like Drake London a lot more with Taylor Heineke than Desmond Ritter, at quarterback. Unless Desmond Ritter absolutely tears it up this offseason, you know, and shows some real progress. Um, they didn't draft him that high. Because I think the first – yeah, the only quarterback taken in the first round last year was Kenny Pickett. I think Desmond Ritter was a fourth-round pick, right? Was he? I, I think he was a fourth-round pick. pick. He, he might have oh, been a third-round pick. But I think Matt Corral was third. I know. Yeah, third but, round. Yeah, Desmond think, Ritter was third round. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, 70, it wasn't, he was he was seventy four overall, so like mid third round there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe they're tied a little bit more tied to. That's not, that's not too high. No, that's not too high. That's not a that's not a pick where you're just like, oh, we got to get this guy and keep him on the field. No, no. Right. There's no. I don't think a third round quarterback is someone that you need to stick to. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I I could definitely see Taylor Heineke starting over him. Now we mentioned Miles Sanders going to Carolina. Um, he's going to play, be playing with a new quarterback, Andy Dalton. Okay. Now, for now, Andy Dalton's the Q QB1. Carolina's going to draft a quarterback, obviously, probably CJ Stroud. And the question mm -hmm. is, you know, who will start week one? I don't know. You know, if CJ Stroud doesn't show that he is, you know, he needs a little bit of development, a little bit of, you know, wait and time. And like, I think teams prefer at this point to kind of let their quarterback sit a little bit. Um, especially when you have a veteran like Andy Dalton, who was honestly one of the best, most accurate quarterbacks last year uh, among all quarterbacks. So I think this is a situation where they could let CJ Stroud, assuming that it's him, sit yeah. um, at this point, uh, just maybe for a couple of weeks. Let's say Andy Dalton struggles for the first couple of games, then I think they can bring him in. That might, it might end up happening that way. But regardless, like who knows what's going to happen. And, and also at this point, Carolina has no receivers. So, like, no. there's nobody that you're like, oh, I wish he had a quarterback. It's like, regardless, like, who are you drafting anyway? <laughs> yeah. So, their wide receiver room right now, let's just do some quick math. 
It's LaVisca Chenault, right? Yep. Shai Smith yep. and Terrace Marshall. That's right. Ew. <laughs> they have a tight end. I got they so many, Tommy, I got so many DMs like I got so many DMs like, hey, like Terrace Marshall season? And I'm like, mm, No. Maybe. I don't think so. Maybe, but no. <laughs> yeah, with Andy so. Dalton, I don't think he's a chump. But I just I just don't see a situation where if they take CJ Stroud, that CJ Stroud gets beat out. Not even beat out, where he doesn't impress enough to be starting week one. And that's just me. Like I said, I'm a CJ Stroud guy. I have him. He's my QB one in this draft class. I think overall he's going to be the best one. He's going to have the best career of any of the guys in this draft class. But I just don't see Andy Dalton being that guy enough to take that time away. Yes, it makes sense. It seems like teams are trending towards having their quarterbacks that they draft sit a little bit. We saw that Patrick Mahomes. Look how he turned out. He sat a whole year, but that was a different circumstance. I think they're looking to get into this era quickly. They traded up to the number one to take a quarterback that they want. I don't think they're going to let that sit on the bench. That's just going to anger the fan base too. Imagine being a season ticket holder thinking, I'm going to get to see the quarterback that we moved all the way up for, mortgaged our future, play in week one, and then they trot Andy Dalton out there. I, I just don't. <laughs> you know what I, I, mean? I get it, man. I get it. I, I, Yeah, that part I understand. I totally do. Um, all right, and then just a couple more notes. Jacoby Brissett, he's in Washington now. Uh, he joins Sam Howell. There's going to be a competition there between those two guys. I can see Brissett starting there. Uh, I'm a fan of Sam Howell. Like, I think that he could potentially, you know, I think his game um, would be amazing for these wide receivers because he's a gunslinger. So, yeah. like, you know, if he could start, you know, I think this could be a good thing for all the receivers and the weapons in Washington. So I'm kind of rooting for him a little bit to win that job. Uh, after a down year at North Carolina, where the year before, he put up some major numbers. And then yeah. and then his last year in North Carolina, like, he didn't have any weapons. It was a different offense. You know, he had to run way more. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, liked, I like Sam Howell. Like, he, he's a little bit of a dark horse for me for fantasy also next season because yeah. I think he's a little bit of a sneaky rusher too. Um I, I like Sam Howell too yeah. for fantasy. I mean, you talk about he has plenty of weapons too. I mean, yeah, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. I mean, Logan Thomas. And, I think and he's what if there. what if Eric Bieniemy, you know, can can bring that Andy Reid offense over and actually mm -hmm. do some things? Like, no guarantees, obviously, because we've seen this situation, you know, go to shit. This type of situation go to shit before, but yeah. this would be interesting. Interesting situation to watch in Washington. The steam yep. is still coming off him from the heat that he had in that offense over in Kansas City. So <laughs> I think he can carry some of that to Washington. I wouldn't be surprised maybe if we even see him get promoted like a head coach, especially if Washington disappoints next season, which I really don't expect. I could totally – well, listen, uh, you know, it's a situation where I think he knew what he was doing. And, like, you know, Ron Rivera is on thin ice. He was on thin ice this past year. So oh, yeah. if, if there comes down to certain situations where Ron Rivera makes the wrong call, I can see Rivera getting fired midseason. What coach is not on thin ice when they don't know that they're eligible to be booted from the playoff picture? You know what I'm saying? I just remember that thinking, like, how is he not gone yet? And Ron Rivera's a great guy, you know, but that was just pretty rough. And I think that, I hear that they're, they're on their last leg with Rivera. They have the enemy now. It's not like they have to go far and wide searching for somebody to bring up behind him now. Now they have leverage where it's like, all right, one wrong move, and we have our guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if the enemy kind of takes over that whole offense on his own. The Bengals signed Orlando Brown. This was the last time we wanted to talk about left tackle, new left tackle for Joe Burrow. This is great news for them. They got him on, they got Orlando Brown on the cheap. He just wants to join another contender and he did just that. So great offensive line upgrade for the Bengals. Uh, great news for whoever their running back is going to be. 
right. uh, you know who it's going to be. It's going to be Bijan. You know that, right? Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this is great news for him. Great news for the weapons. Great news for the entire offense, to be honest. Um, and that's yeah. it. That's all we had in this episode. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back early next week uh, to talk about you know some more signings and a, we got we got a bunch of stuff to get. To. We got the draft coming up. We have so much to talk about. Any news that happens between now and early next week, we'll get to it. And until then, we'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. Bye.